Welcome to My on Mondays, an explorative approach to the possessive my through narratives, art, and sound. Each Monday brings a new creation and unique perspective. My on Mondays is brought to you by Ming Studios, a contemporary art space and international artist residency program dedicated to the exhibition, experience, and exploration of arts and culture. Along with exhibiting artists from around the world, Ming also serves the community by hosting innovative programs including performances, workshops, screenings, readings, artist talks, and other cultural activities. For more information or if you'd like to participate in My on Mondays, you can visit our website at mingstudios.org. Hello and welcome to the 91st episode of My on Mondays. Today, as part of our Disappearing World series, I'm speaking with Idaho-based artist Ace Zappa. As a multidisciplinary artist, Ace strives to explore interesting stories by using reclaimed and repurposed materials to create original work. In our conversation, we talk about the aggressive development and gentrification happening in the area of Garden City, where Ace's studio is located. We discuss how the changes are affecting the original local community and how they're reflected in her own work. I had the pleasure of visiting your studio this week, which is located in Garden City. And for for those listeners who are not in Idaho, Garden City is, um, so Boise is the capital, and Garden City, I guess, is technically another, it's another town. Um, but it's actually connected to Boise, and so it, it just feels like um, a corner of Boise. And I'm curious about how long you've been there. I think you said you were there for four years? Yes, that's right. Um, I rented the shared space uh, in 2019, and um, at that time there were four artists working out of the space, and just in... Um, December of this last year, we reduced it to three and really rethought um, the impetus of our intention and really brought it together in an intentional way that supports our shared creativity. It feels like art school, you know, where you work (laughs) one another, um, not on the same things, but that shared uh, creativity and creative space is working really well for all three of us. Oh, that sounds lovely. So um, in in the area that you're in, they are these um, sort of warehouse or um, work spaces that um, have sort of, there's become kind of a community of artists that are working in, in various of these spaces. Do you know how many there are? How many would you approximate? Yes, it's a Midtown Industrial Business Park. So um, at one time, there were many artists who occupied these spaces because the rent is good and the spaces are great for making art. But over the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, that number really reduced. And when I came in in 2019, there was us and one other, um, or Erin Arthur's around the corner. She makes textile work and it's beautiful work. Um, and she's been holding it down there. But for a long time, we were the only people on the first Friday Live Work Create uh, Art and Studio Stroll Map, 
now at this time, I believe there are five of us on the map. Okay. You did a residency at Searle's Place. Searle's Place is an artist residency program in Garden City, just up the road from where your studio is. Yes. And Searle had the foresight. Searle was a woman who has passed away and her her space um, that is now the residency program was originally her home and um, it still feels like her home. It's a beautiful, beautiful space that she created at a time when Garden City was still kind of an undesirable (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, industrial and low-income area, which was, you know, showed a lot of foresight in, uh, you know, on her part, which many artists tend to have, um, because it was actually a beautiful area right next to the river and just created this really beautiful little space to live and work in and, and now so the area has has come to be known as the live work create district sort of not sort of totally aggressively developed development is happening at a really fast rate there because the rest of the world has realized oh this is actually (laughs) (laughs) this is actually kind of prime space here right next to the river so I'm curious, so you've been there, working there for four years, and I have sort of two questions. What is the kind of creation that you're currently seeing happening there, and what what changes have you seen since, since you've been working there? Mm. The Things that I'm currently seeing, um, well, Sorrell's Place, the residency and program and foundation that has risen out of that, has really expanded and identified the area, maybe a 15-block radius around the um, eastern end of Garden City into the Sorrell's Place Live, Work, Create District. So there's a a map for a first Friday event that links all of the studios and artists working in the area. So people come and we have open studios so people can see what we're doing. And that has grown. I've been on that map since 2019 and it has grown exponentially. So the expansion of the Live, Work, Create district and the artists that are working there has really exploded along with the development and growth the number of studio spaces and particularly shared studio spaces for that um, community vibe have really, uh, there are at least two big new ones that have come up, Spaceport and the Commonwealth. And as far as the things that have changed that are possibly, I don't know, problematic or um, challenging to accept. It's just the pace of the change. It's really impactful on our communal psyche to see such profound and large-scale destruction and construction in a totally different way. The new buildings that are going in are four and five stories tall in an area that was primarily one story. So the landscape, the the skyline has changed quite a bit. Sorrell's place itself, when she built that house, she was very conscientious about the 
kind of architecture that she wanted and the accessibility of the home. And it's a small home. And now it's literally being dwarfed by the large scale apartment complexes that are being built around her. Yeah. I will say the one thing about Sorrell's place and her vision and foresight is that her little house has a unique architectural style and most of the new construction that has happened in the area is mimicking this style which oh, i interesting wonderful and you know what a like <clears throat> moving forward to see this interesting instead of um you know the common beige box of the garden of the treasure valley mm -hmm. something that's a little more unusual and interesting moving forward yeah a lot of people would consider the garden city that existed before is pretty undesirable. You know, there is a lot of trailers, there's a lot of um, just run down buildings, and they still exist to a certain extent, but some really interesting spaces. Yes. You know? Yeah. I, I think there were a few people that early on took advantage of financially more accessible area to be able to create things in the way that they wanted to, not just like sort of classic artists, but um, just interesting sort of off the beaten path people. I'm curious if there's anything that you are missing now that you're seeing this, like, have you noticed some of those interesting little hidey holes that have gone away, that have succumbed yeah. to the development? Absolutely. Um, there was a sense of, although low income, there was a robust sense of community yeah. all through Garden City. The little neighborhoods had, you know, people, neighbors who knew one another and children and resources like parks, the Boys yeah. and Girls Club. Um, there's a library on one end of Garden City. And so there was, um, and uh, demographically speaking, it was very much more diverse. Now that this development is occurring, the median income has risen and the demographic has become more homogenous. Mm -hmm. And those low income, like um, mobile home communities are being displaced by uh, tiny home communities, which are, you know, a um, person living in a mobile home that can't be moved is a disabled elderly person say mm -hmm. is displaced. And where does that person go? they can't buy into a $100,000 tiny home on the same location. Yeah. So where where are, where's the place for these people? And that's a troubling aspect of this development. The communities that are rising up in these new apartment complexes and townhome complexes and condos, uh, it's a different kind of neighborhood. Yeah. And with different priorities, for sure. Yeah. I'm curious about the businesses in the area as well, like the businesses that have been there before and then what's happening with the businesses now. Like I, there's the sort of upshift in like the original good things that start to happen before gentrification takes place, um, before everyone else realizes the cool thing that's going on in this little neighborhood. <laughs> And so, like, there is the coffee shop, the push and pour coffee shop, which is nice. You know, it's a nice thing to have um, in the neighborhood. It's and it's also right by the river, and mm -hmm. the people in the artist studios can go there. The residents can go there, and now it's going to be closed because developers are want to build something there. 
Yeah. Um, have you noticed any other businesses that that's happening to smaller Very businesses? Much. Yes. Uh, Chinton Boulevard, um, <laughs> Chinese gardens is where that uh, term came from. So Chinton Boulevard bypasses the entire or uh, cuts through the entire length of garden city. And all along there were, um, you know, industrial gritty, um, carpet shop, uh, mechanics, RV lots, that kind of thing, with really cool old um, neon signs that had been made in the 50s and 60s, old style, tiny light bulbs. And so for a long time, those lined Tindin. And in the last couple of years, those have gone away. Those businesses have been redeveloped into um, different things, more modern things, um, more commercial um, and uh, leisure related things. Hmm. And um, there was a little low income hotel that's been redeveloped into studio apartments, um, this kind of thing. Um, and there are concerted efforts by some of the developers to retain some pieces of the old, like the um, neon sign that was on that hotel that's been redeveloped into studio apartments was kept and will be part of a stage at Spaceport. So like uh, Boise is, has this large uh, music festival called Tree Fort. So Garden City wants to do the same kind of thing. It's called Flipside Fest and it's in September. So they're trying to bring this idea of a Garden City centric music festival over several days. And this stage will be part of that. It'll be interesting okay. to see how that develops. Um, the, just the general service related businesses into leisure related businesses has been really um, visible and palpable yeah. and the in the industrial complex that i am part of where my studio is it's been palpable there as well mm -hmm. and my art the kind of art that i practice has to do with repurposed materials and old things so i feel like i'm kind of holding it down for the gritty end of garden city there's a value <laughs> in that and being a part of the artist community in the warehouse district is an important thing. And in other places where gentrification has happened, that's what makes it cool. That's what makes people want to live there. And that's the part that gets displaced first. Yeah, totally. Are, how are you feeling about your artist studio and mm -hmm. the feasibility of people being there and able to create mm -hmm. over the long term? Mm, I've been there for four years and I will lose my lease in a year and be priced out of renewing. Okay. So my name Garden City is limited. And the shared spaces, the um, pricing in these new spaces that is uh, that are coming online is quite a bit higher than where I'm at, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, so that takes artists, the people who are creating art in Garden City, it's a different demographic. It's... Um, higher income, more hobby related, um, yeah. that there's a whole different vibe. Yeah. It's, I mean, we just see this everywhere, don't we? You know, I was, yeah. I used to live in Seville and, um, I have a friend, for example, who lived in this gorgeous old apartment building that she had lived in for like 30 years mm. and it hadn't been remodeled. It was still the beautiful old architecture on the inside, mm. granted drafty, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, just still had character. that wonderful feel. And it still had, you know, all local neighbors 
and mm-hmm. everyone was kicked out because the owner wanted to turn it into Airbnbs yeah. for tourists. You know, and then you have all of these people who are moving in from Northern Europe and they they come to Seville and fall in love with it for what it is, <laughs> you know, for the vibe I- that it has, this sort of very bohemian kind of... Um, <laughs> weird uh vibe and then once it's gentrified you know by these very same people a lot of whom are the ones who fall in love with it originally but then you lose the thing that caused it to be so special in the first place (laughs) absolutely and that whole that idea right there is definitely happening in the entire treasure valley not just Mm -hmm. garden city but all over yeah area and it's an ephemeral thing but that loss is palpable and I think it is making just an underlying sense of discomfort and dis-ease with change yeah Uh, unease I guess which is also palpable as these changes happen as a different demographic comes in as things shift like you said Mm -hmm. um, all of that is you can feel it yeah so um, when I visited with you and, and saw your studio, you said, or actually you wrote it down for me, um, something that was important to you. And, and you were talking about the development and, and you were like, you know, it's going to look this way for a long time. Let's do a good job of incorporating old and new. And um, you did mention the old hotel that's now going to be condos is is making somewhat of an effort to preserve at least something from the old and incorporating that in like, for example, with the music festival and whatnot into building something new. And so I'm curious what your way of working with or contributing to the changes is and, mm. and, and you know, what, what are you doing that feels meaningful to you that is a way of combining the old with the new or, or, or just dealing with the changes that are happening, mm. you know, emotionally, <laughs> psychologically, <laughs> however. That is a challenging aspect of this time. My personal art practice has to do with repurposed and reclaimed materials. So um, that brings in the past aspect, tying in past things that were used for other things into mm-hmm a piece that is, um, you know, work of today. And I have um, part of the Sorrell's Place Live, Work, Create District has a small space called the Green Box. And I have an installation piece there that I hope highlights some of these questions about what is here, what is being lost, and the sense of nostalgia that is, you know, what's worth keeping what good memories do we want to maintain and carry forward into the future? Mm-hmm. And as Boiseans, as Idahoans, we have a, we're, there's a prideful aspect about the vibe that we have. Boise kind, Boise nice is a thing. Mm-hmm. And as the demographic changes, how do we maintain that kindness, that care for one another and the care for our neighborhoods as, you know, how do we teach the people coming in how to be like that? That's an interesting way of looking at it. I think 
especially because there can be so much animosity towards the mm. new people who are coming in. And so I, I love that idea of looking at it in a positive way, like how can we, we as individuals and as a community work with the newcomers so that they also, do you think they, they can feel the same way about the place as the people who have the same nostalgia for it? Hmm. Maybe not exactly the same, but I think there's a, a place. I come from a heritage quilting background. So a quilt is made of small pieces of fabric that are sewn together to create a larger whole that is comforting and palpable. Mm -hmm. And I see this, this moment of development. I mean, I am a powerless person. I'm an artist, I'm low income. I have no resources to speak of. I'm not a developer, but I have something, uh, my little piece of fabric is important to the larger whole. And as each individual brings their little piece into it and we sew this whole thing together, hopefully the pattern that we're making and the quilt that we're making together is beautiful. And I think it has the potential to be beautiful um, if we're conscientious about the way we bring the pieces together. Do you have much interaction with the, the new people who are coming in? Yes, I do. Because I have an open studio and because I'm so involved with the Sorrell's Place Live, Work, Create District, where so much of this development is centered, I've come to know a few of the developers and had good conversations with them about their vision for particularly the East End of Garden City. And it's been a really interesting ongoing conversation about their perspectives and how those perspectives have changed over the last few years. Mm -hmm. you know, came roaring in with this whole big idea and and that's been scaled back somewhat um it's hopefully a little more gentle to the existing neighborhood and a little more compassionate <clears throat> to the people who already are there at least to okay. some extent that's I, that's something that i've seen at least to some extent yeah. and also there's an opportunity there as an artist as new people come in the kind of art that I make is abstract expressionist and installation pieces. So it's a little weird. And the audience for that here in Boise is rather limited. So these new people coming in, the new eyes, the new global perspective has the potential to expand my personal market, but also to make the arts market in general more robust, more diverse, yeah. more interesting, and more likely to be meaningful over time. Yeah. Um, I see expansion really happening and it's something that's great there's a lot of new little galleries and people who are interested in making the arts community really robust and I think that's wonderful oh that's great well that sort of led me to my next question which was what do you see that gives you hope but it sounds like you've already answered that <laughs> I am hopeful and as we build this thing together and more people are thoughtful about how it comes together. I think we will end up doing a good job. And I'm interested to see what this area, what the whole Treasure Valley looks like in 10 years. I lived in mm -hmm. Seattle in the 90s and in Tacoma in the zeros. And I've seen this kind of gentrification, robust development, fast changing neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. I've observed and experienced that in other places in the past. So it's yeah. really interesting to see how that is being iterated here mm -hmm. some similarities but some differences because 
we all know what that process has been like in the past and the many pitfalls that can happen. Mm -hmm. So perhaps at this time, in this moment, we can make better choices, make different choices so that the character of the space of the place is made better by this development and not worse. That gives me, I don't know if hope is the word. <laughs> I, have a, I have a tendency to be more pessimistic when it comes <laughs> to <laughs> living in the face of, of aggressive development. Um, uh, I don't feel hopeful. I'm not a pessimist. It feels frustrating. And I, I do, along with many people, I think, have a tendency to see developers as bullies <laughs> and... Um, but it is heartening to hear what you have to say and and just to know that there are people who are active participants in um, maybe salvage work is what it could be called, um, or just the contribution of a little bit of beauty amongst the constant um, onslaught of trying to make everything the same, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that's an important aspect. And part of what I'm doing as an artist, holding it down for the gritty end of Garden City, mm -hmm. is holding a space for arts in general, um, bringing a little bit of beauty, bringing a little bit of something that is essentially non-commercial to an extremely robust, commercially orientated situation. Yeah. Um, things are happening because of money. So I don't have any money. What can I do? I can bring a little beauty. I can show people that creative expression has value and brings an ephemeral quality to the neighborhood that is so necessary yeah. to people, to the adults living there and to the children coming up who see that creative expression has value and meaning is important to do. Yeah. I feel like that's incredibly important. Yeah. It's vital. Yes. Thank you so much for your thoughts and for speaking with me today. Yes. Um, thank you very much for the opportunity to talk. Best of luck to you. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back next Monday. Tune in.